Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into the episode, are you subscribed yet? Nourish Babes podcast monthly paid subscribers receive access to two to three additional podcast episodes per month, which are longer, more in-depth, and more specific than our free episodes, exclusive discounts and offerings, and also the potential to be featured on one of our case study episodes, where you send in your health concerns and we spend a whole episode sharing our personalized diet, lifestyle, and supplement advice for you. So are you ready to subscribe? If you're listening on Spotify, click the link in the show notes or click the lock icon on Spotify paid episodes. If you're on Apple, click the link in the show notes. On Apple, these episodes are actually hidden from your feed. Once you're subscribed, you will gain immediate access to past and future subscriber episodes. So we hope to see you there. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Nourish Babes podcast. This episode is going to be a solo episode with me, Bella, talking all about natural birth control, more specifically the fertility awareness method. So you may or may not know, but hormonal birth control is actually not your only option when it comes to avoiding pregnancy. All biological women are actually only fertile for six days throughout your entire monthly cycle. Our incredible female anatomy gives us clear daily signs to show when we are fertile and when we are not. And by understanding these signs, we can either avoid getting pregnant or improve our chances of becoming pregnant. And we can do this through applying the fertility awareness method, also known as FAM. So in this episode, I'm going to explain the basics of the fertility awareness method, which includes the process, benefits, drawbacks, and of course, the beginning steps to learning and practicing this method. So before we get into this episode, I want to mention that I have an entire blog post on this topic. The title of the blog post is the fertility awareness method dash a natural form of birth control. It goes into much more detail and has tons of graphics to help you visually learn more about this method of birth control. I also want to mention that if you want a more personal in-depth guide on how to use fertility awareness as your personal form of birth control, I highly recommend either hiring a fam coach, reading additional information online or in books, or taking a FAM course. I will mention many resources at the end of this episode. Personally, I actually taught myself this method all by myself and have actually been personally using it successfully for over six years. So it is possible to learn all by yourself, but I am definitely the minority in this and most people actually hire a FAM coach or take a FAM course. 
So the purpose of this episode is mostly just to raise awareness about this topic and should be taken as educational purposes only. Again, if you want to use this as your primary form of birth control, I highly recommend doing your own research or hiring a personal coach. So before we get into the nitty gritty, what even is the fertility awareness method? Well, the purpose of FAM is to make you much more aware of your own fertility. And this includes recognizing when you are fertile and when you're not during your entire menstrual cycle. So throughout your cycle, your body actually gives you so many daily signs to help you pinpoint ovulation. And if you don't know what ovulation is, it's the phase right in the middle of your menstrual cycle when your ovary releases an egg, and that's the time when you can potentially fertilize that egg, resulting in a pregnancy. So there are three primary daily fertility signs that you should be tracking when performing the fertility awareness method. And this includes your basal body temperature, cervical fluid, and cervical position. All of these help you determine the days where you have a high chance or low chance of getting pregnant. I think it's also important to note that fertility awareness is not the same method as the rhythm method or also known as the calendar method. The rhythm method or calendar method only tracks certain days of your menstrual cycle to predict ovulation. This is a really old school way of of either improving your chances of getting pregnant or avoiding pregnancy by just looking at the days, not necessarily your personal daily fertility signs. On the other hand, FAM actually can identify and confirm ovulation through self-analysis analysis and daily observation of again your basal body temperature cervical fluid and cervical position the the rhythm method where you're just simply tracking certain days is not nearly as effective as the fertility awareness method so let's get into some of the benefits and drawbacks of using fertility awareness well under understanding fertility awareness not only relates to your fertility but actually your overall health and well-being as well so some of the benefits of fam include obviously it better help you better understand how your female body actually works again helps you identify when you have a high chance or a low chance of getting pregnant helps you identify if you have any abnormalities within your cycle helps you track certain health conditions such as polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS. It can help you determine the regular typical menstrual cycle duration that you have. You can feel much more at ease when your period is going to come. It's a completely non-invasive form of birth control so that you never have to get on those synthetic hormonal birth controls again and struggle with those numerous symptoms that we've talked about in previous episodes. So again, you will experience no negative side, side effects of using this non-hormonal form of birth control, unlike hormonal forms. It can help you increase communication with you and your sex partner because both of you have to be committed in order to perform and be successful at this form of birth control. And lastly, probably my favorite benefit is when fertility awareness is performed correctly, it's actually 99% effective. A lot of people out there try to say that this form is not very effective at all, but they're actually more... 
referencing the rhythm method or the calendar method. Again, that method is not very effective. Whereas fertility awareness, if you are diligent and you perform and you understand this method correctly, it can absolutely be 99% effective. In fact, I have, again, like I said earlier, have used this form of birth control for six plus years and I have never had a pregnancy scare or anything like that. It has made me super confident in when I'm going to ovulate, how to confirm ovulation, and confident in knowing when my next period will come. With that said, of course, there are also going to be some drawbacks of FAM, depending on how you look at them. So the first one is it definitely requires at least three to six months to learn FAM. You want to go through it a few cycles before you actually start using it as a form of birth control. Again, like I mentioned earlier, it requires committed partners dedicated to using and learning how to use this method. And in my opinion, that is definitely a benefit, but for some others, that could be a struggle and a drawback. Um, it can also be challenging to track your cycle if your cycle is irregular, yet it is still absolutely possible and can even help you better identify if your cycle is actually irregular. And the last one is it obviously doesn't protect against sexually transmitted infections if you are worried about those and not with a committed partner, then you definitely want to use this form in conjunction with other barrier methods. But with all that said, I definitely view this natural form as of birth control having way more benefits than drawbacks, especially if you're struggling with those symptoms that are related to hormonal birth control. So this is an incredible alternative to hormonal birth control. Maybe you no longer take hormonal birth control or if you're looking to go off of yours, this is a great alternative. So let's talk about how to actually chart using fertility awareness. As I mentioned earlier, FAM usually uses three fertility signs to help you determine which days of your cycle you're most likely to ovulate. And those three fertility signs are your basal body temperature, also known as your waking temperature, your cervical fluid, also known as cervical mucus sometimes, and third, your cervical position. So in order for FAM to be most effective, you wanna track all three of these fertility indicators. Other methods just use one or two of these signs, but if you're just starting out and just learning, I strongly recommend learning how to use all three of these fertility signs. So when it comes to actually charting these three fertility signs, there are so many apps available in our modern world. And my personal favorite app is called Read Your Body. And this is my favorite app because it doesn't track any of your information and everything is completely private. So with some other apps, they might sell your information to third parties and it's just not private and as secure as Read Your Body. So that is the number one app I recommend to use if you want to use an app. But of course, there are plenty of other apps out there that people really enjoy, and those include Flow, Clue, uh, Natural Cycles, and even just the health app uh, within the Apple Store. You can also use just simple pen and paper to chart all of your information. 
I used to use one that I just found off the internet. There are many free versions out there. And I also include one in my online course called Restore Your Hormones. I think it's also important to discuss why we can't just blindly trust these apps as predictors of our periods. So many period apps are actually inaccurate and that's another reason why I love Read Your Body because it doesn't necessarily predict when your next ovulation is gonna be. So a period app can never accurately predict when you'll ovulate or when you'll get your next period. Only you can personally do that by tracking your daily fertility signs. So the way that most apps, quote, track your ovulation and your period is through an algorithm. And these algorithms are often based off a typical 28-day cycle or data from your previous cycle. However, most women's cycle can vary from 21 days to 35 days. Plus, there are so many lifestyle factors that can alter your exact ovulation date. And so this is one of the main reasons why we can't just blindly trust these period apps. So period apps don't know if you've had a stressful week or a stressful month. They will never be able to predict your true actual fertile window. They might get close or they might be correct, but that's just by chance and by the algorithm, not necessarily knowing and confirming from your bodily signs. They can't know when or if you're ovulating. They don't know if your cycle is irregular that month and normal the next month. It can't tell the length of your luteal phase. It can't tell when your period will come. It doesn't know if you have a certain medical condition like PCOS or maybe you get sick and you have to take medication. It doesn't necessarily know any of these things. So yes, maybe these apps might be spot on on predicting your out, your ovulation or the algorithm might be correct for you, maybe one month but not the next. But it's important to remember that we are human beings and we are ever changing. Our lifestyles are changing and we are not robots. So the best way to actually predict ovulation and when your next period will come is again by tracking your daily fertility signs. So before we get into actually tracking these three fertility signs, what equipment do you need in order to practice BAM? Well, of course, like I just mentioned, you'll need some kind of app or a pen to paper chart in order to chart all of your information. But other than that, the only instrument that you will need in order to practice BAM is a basal body thermometer. This type of thermometer tracks two decimal places, making the temperature reading much more accurate. So personally, I just use a basic basal body thermometer that I found off Amazon, but you can also definitely invest in a more high-tech thermometer that actually syncs with your phone, such as TempDrop or Daisy. These are amazing and really user-friendly, but if you're just getting started, I recommend just buying a simple $10 basal body thermometer off the internet. Okay, now let's get into tracking the very first fertility sign, which is your basal body temperature, also known as BBT. So what is your basal body temperature and when is it recorded? Well, your basal body temperature is the lowest temperature throughout the whole day. This is when you're fully at rest. So it's always recorded immediately upon waking, before you pee, before you get out of bed, before you do anything. 
So how do you actually take your basal body temperature? Well, ideally you take your temperature at the same exact time each morning, or at least roughly around the same time. So you just wanna keep your thermometer near your bed, take your temperature immediately upon waking, and then record your results in either your app or on your pen to paper. Now, how do you actually analyze your temperatures? Well, this is where it can kind of get a little bit tricky or the learning curve happens. So if you wanna get out a piece of paper and a pen now and take some notes, that could be super helpful. Or again, I have all of this information written on my blog so it's easier to follow along. But let's get into it. So the purpose of tracking your temperature is to help you identify the two phases of your cycle. Those phases are the follicular phase and the luteal phase. We've talked about these before in previous episodes. But basically, the follicular phase starts on the first day of your period and ends once you ovulate. So during this follicular phase, your follicle in your ovary develops in order to release an egg. And this process of releasing an egg is called ovulation. And ovulation is the point at which you can become pregnant. So during this follicular phase, your basal body temperature will be relatively low. Usually the temps in your follicular phase range from 97 degrees Fahrenheit to 97.6 degrees Fahrenheit. If you prefer Celsius, that would be 36.1 degrees Celsius to 36.5 degrees Celsius. So once you ovulate, you will actually notice a shift in temperatures within one or two days. This temp shift helps you confirm that ovulation has occurred. A temp shift must be 0.2 degrees Fahrenheit above the previous six days of recorded temperatures in order to be considered a valid shift. So again, during the follicular phase, your basal body temperature will be relatively low. And then once you ovulate, your temperature will actually rise, that indicating that temp shift has occurred and ovulation has occurred. So your temp shift actually marks the beginning of your luteal phase. This is the second half of your cycle. And during this phase, your basal body temperature elevates above the previous temps in your follicular phase. So the average temp in the luteal phase range from 97.6 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. Again, in Celsius, this is 36.5 degrees Celsius or higher. After your temp shift, you should notice at least two more consecutive days of high temperatures. This temp shift of three days straight helps you confirm that ovulation has occurred and you are no longer fertile. At this point, you could freely have unprotected sex without the risk of getting pregnant. Then as your cycle comes to an end, you'll actually see a drastic drop in your temperature. And this drop indicates that your period should probably come within a day or two. So again, to review, In your follicular phase, your temps are relatively low, and then once you ovulate, your temps will spike after ovulation. And the reason why your temperature spikes is because once you ovulate and that egg is released, the sac that's left behind is called the corpus luteum. And the corpus luteum is actually what produces progesterone for you for the entirety of your luteal phase. 
and progesterone actually increases your metabolism, which will also increase your temperature. And so that's how you can identify if you've ovulated and that's why your temperature actually goes up is because of that increase of progesterone. So this might be really foreign to you in the beginning. It might be difficult to identify that shift in temperatures, but after you chart for a cycle or two, you'll really start to understand how your cycle works when that temp shift is happening. And it's really cool, honestly, to help you identify and confirm when you're ovulating. Now there are a few factors that can actually compromise your waking temperatures and these include if you drink alcohol the night before, obviously if you have a fever that can increase your temperature. If you're getting less than three hours of consecutive sleep, that can definitely alter your temperatures. I know this can be difficult for many women with young kids or who are breastfeeding and waking up throughout the night, yet it is still possible. If you take your reading at a completely different time than usual, that can obviously alter the temperature reading. And lastly, this one's more rare, but if you use a heated blanket when you normally don't, that can also alter your temperature reading. But even with these rare factors, I wouldn't worry too much about any erratic temps, especially if you're tracking the two other daily fertile signs, meaning cervical fluid and cervical position. A few erratic temps do not compromise the accuracy of this method, and I would just circle them or note them on whatever method of charting you're using. Now let's talk about the second fertility sign, and that is cervical fluid. So in my personal experience, tracking cervical fluid is the most important fertility sign because it actually changes with your hormones in real time. So compare that to tracking basal body temperature. When you're tracking that, you can only confirm ovulation after it's occurred. So remember, you ov when you ovulate, you're still in that follicular phase and after ovulation is when your temperature spikes. So you can only confirm ovulation after it's occurred. That compared to tracking cervical fluid, you can identify ovulation as it's happening and as you're approaching it and it's occurring. So some women actually solely use the cervical mucus method, which is also called the Billings ovulation method by tracking just cervical fluid and nothing else. However, again, if you're just getting started, I highly recommend tracking all three fertility signs, including basal body temperature, cervical fluid, and cervical position, just so you can become more comfortable using this as your form of birth control. So let's backtrack a little bit and what even is cervical fluid? Well, if you don't understand female anatomy, the outside part of your lady parts is called your vulva and then the tube where you insert things to have sexual intercourse or where blood comes out of when you're on your period, that part is called the vagina and then at the very top of the vagina is where your cervix is. And so cervical fluid is actually produced by and released from the cervix. And this cervical fluid consistency actually changes throughout the cycle. So understanding your cervical fluid and its changes can help you better identify when you're most fertile and least fertile. It's also interesting that fertile cervical fluid 
is to women what semen is to men. And since men are always fertile, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, they produce semen every day. However, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, women are actually only fertile around six days of their whole cycle. So they're only producing this fertile cervical fluid during those six days. And cervical fluid actually has a purpose. It's necessary to help protect sperm, to nourish sperm, and to help it move through the vagina and up the uterus into the fallopian tubes and eventually the ovaries where it can be where it can fertilize an egg. So let's talk about the different types of cervical fluid. Well, there's typically four different types and the first one includes just dry cervical fluid. So basically nothing. And this is considered non-fertile cervical fluid. Then you might have some sticky, thick or white uh, cervical fluid. And this again is considered non-fertile. Then there's also like creamy kind of lotion-like cervical fluid. And this also is technically considered non-fertile, but probably indicates that you're approaching that fertile window. And then you have your peak cervical fluid. And this looks like clear, wet, really stretchy and slippery, almost resembles raw egg whites. So now I'm gonna give you an example of a typical transition of your cervical fluid. So of course you have your period and that is going to be red period blood, but right after your period, your cervical fluid typically dries up for a few days and it's really nothing down there. Then it'll transition to become that white, thick, kind of sticky cervical fluid. As more days pass, your cervical fluid becomes less thick and more creamy, lotion-like. And then as you approach ovulation, your cervical fluid becomes very thin, that clear, slippery, stretchy, kind of resembling raw egg white consistency. And this indicates that you are within your fertile window. So at this point, if you were to have unprotected sex, there's a high chance of you getting pregnant. So then after ovulation, your cervical fluid dries up and returns to a non-fertile state. So this can be thick, white, or typically it's dry. At this point, you know you are no longer able to become pregnant. So this is just an example of what a typical transition of cervical fluid looks like, but the exact pattern is different for every woman woman. Yours may look exactly like how I just explained or nothing like it at all. But the importance is to know how to identify the consistency of your cervical fluid and how to track these different changes in order to better understand your fertile window and your fertile signs. Especially identifying that fertile cervical fluid that's slippery, watery, really stretchy, resembling raw egg whites. That one is the most important to identify. So now how do you actually track your cervical fluid? Well, you wanna check your cervical fluid daily every single time you actually go to the bathroom because cervical fluid can change throughout the day. In the morning, it might be thick and white, whereas towards the end of the day, it could become that slippery, egg white, clear consistency. So to check your fluid, you wanna just take two clean fingers or even some toilet paper and just wipe your vulva before you, go in, before you go pee. And this is because when you pee, you can likely 
kind of eliminate or wash away your cervical fluid. At that point, you want to inspect the consistency and note which type it most resembles. Again, this can be really weird and strange while learning, but as you continuously do it, it becomes much more natural and much easier to identify with time and practice. And you may have already identified certain types of cervical fluid in the past. I know before I learned any of this, I would wipe and I would see the definite, clear, stretchy, fertile cervical mucus. And I always wondered what the heck that was. I even thought that maybe something was wrong with me when in reality, it's just a great sign of ovulation, fertility, and just good overall health. Okay, now let's talk about the third fertile sign and that is tracking cervical position. So again, along with basal body temperature and cervical fluid, tracking cervical position is the third essential sign to identifying your fertility. So throughout your cycle, your cervix actually shifts. It shifts from high to low, open to closed, soft to firm, and so on. And tracking these changes in your cervix can really help you identify if you're fertile or not. So like I mentioned earlier, the cervix is the gateway between your uterus and your vagina. And during your fertile days, the cervix actually becomes more soft and squishy it raises up higher into your uterus. There's a opening in the center and this will open a little bit more and it'll become more wet with cervical fluid. This shift in cervical position allows sperm to actually enter the uterus and eventually fallopian tubes for potential egg fertilization. Then during your non-fertile days, the cervix actually becomes harder and more firm. It lowers back down into the vagina. The hole in the middle closes up and it's dry to the touch, no longer producing that fertile cervical fluid. So in simple terms, fertile cervical position indicates high, soft, open, and wet whereas non-fertile cervical position indicates low, firm, closed, and dry. So now how do you actually track your cervical position? Well, you wanna begin by tracking your cervical position at least one day after your period ends. It's not necessary to track during your period. So you wanna make sure your fingernails are trimmed and your hands are clean. And you also want to aim to check your cervix around the same time each day. So to check, you just want to squat when checking, ideally probably on the toilet. It's by far the most effective way and easiest way to check. You want to insert your middle finger or your middle and your index finger into your vagina and judge whether your cervix is soft or firm, high or low, open or closed, wet or dry. I also want to mention that it's important to know that women who have had vaginally delivered children will always have a slightly opened cervix. Also, if you have a vaginal infection or any genital sores, you should not check your cervix. So for me personally, tracking cervical position is one of the more difficult fertility signs to track. But that said, I have definitely done it before and it is really interesting to notice the shifts. 
And as you're learning tracking cervical position, it's probably going to be really difficult in the beginning to check to notice what the differences are. But as you continuously check daily, you will gradually notice your cervix change from soft to firm, high to low, and so on. So before you start using the fertility awareness method as your primary form of birth control, I highly recommend learning and practicing for at least three to six months. Again, I personally taught all of my all of this myself and have successfully performed the fertility awareness method for at least six years, but I know many women out there feel more comfortable if they work one-on-one with a fam coach and if that's what's gonna make you comfortable and confident in using this form of birth control personally, then definitely go ahead and find a fam coach or someone to help you. Again, the purpose of this episode is for educational purposes and to raise awareness because I know personally for the longest time I had no idea that fertility awareness was a thing and that I could use this as my primary form of birth control and a simple, easy, non-invasive, non-hormonal way to avoid pregnancy. Again, like I said, I taught myself this method and here are some of the books that I read that really helped me gain confidence and better understand how to use this method. The first one is Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. This book is thick and juicy and has so much information. It might not be the best for beginners, but it has all the information that you would ever need to learn on how to use this method. Another more beginner book is called The Fifth Vital Sign, Master Your Cycles and Optimize Your Fertility by Lisa Hendrickson-Jack. This is a great more beginner book that goes over all the basics. Other books include Sensi Plan, Natural and Safe, The Handbook, Garden of Fertility by Katie Singer, and Your Fertility Signals by Meryl Weinstein. Again, you can absolutely teach yourself this method, but I know most feel more comfortable hiring a fam coach. So I, you can find a fam coach online go to fertilitysscienceinstitute.org and they have a directory where you could find a fam coach either online or in your local area. So to wrap up, I hope you found this episode helpful and interesting and you learned something new. If you have any questions at all about the fertility awareness, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. My email is bella at nourishwithbella.com or you can find more information about me on my website nourishwithbella.com or my Instagram which is at nourishwithbella. So thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode and we'll see you next week.